Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. This is our audio version of our weekly blog. This week on Thoughts on Money, the article was called Keep Your Eye on the Ball. And it is football season, so we had to open with a sports analogy. We opened the article and we talked about this idea that a football wide receiver would be heading to the end zone. He has his defender beat. The quarterback throws the ball in the air. His eyes get big. He's looking for the end zone. And then he drops the pass. And this is something we see in sports sometimes. We could see it in uh, basketball. Maybe uh, a player heads for the hoop before he catches the ball. Or maybe uh, a baseball infielder um, tries to make that throw to first before fielding the ball. And it's this idea that sometimes we get so focused on the end goal that we forget about these fundamentals, the things that we practice. Now, what would this have to do with financial planning? Well, I think in financial planning, we have a similar thing happen where people get so focused on one thing, retirement, and they work on one dynamic that will help them to retire, which is save. So people get in this mode of stockpiling money into a particular account, and once they get comfortable where, hey, I'm spending X amount, I'm saving Y amount, then they figure out, hey, this is going to be enough for me to retire in you know 20 or 30 years. So then they let that play out year by year. There's a problem there, a problem that you probably doesn't seem so obvious, and that saving isn't enough. That's a weird thing to say is that saving isn't enough because kind of we're always advocating to be a better saver, right? So the other part of the story is once you decide to save money, you got to decide where you want to save that money. Now, let's talk about kind of the default where most people are probably going to save their money. Um, I would say most Americans are probably going to default to save a lot of their money into their employer-sponsored retirement plan. We've talked about this on Thoughts on Money a lot, that in the past, pensions were popular. You know, you might work for GM or Ford for, for your entire life, and they had a guarantee monthly payment that they'd pay you once you retire. And those aren't around as much. Those have been replaced by defined contribution plans. So again, that default is that somebody would say, hey, I'm going to set aside 15 or 20% or whatever the maximum contribution is into my pre-tax 401k account. The great thing about it is I'm going to get a tax deduction. As the money goes in there, it's taken off of my ordinary income, reduces my taxable income. And then I'll set aside that money. And then one day I will use that money to fund my retirement. That is a good plan. But I will tell you that there's something missing. Imagine the person, which I see a lot, that they've worked 25, 30 years. In the article, we talked about an analogy with a man named Bob. And Bob had covered all the college expenses for both of his kids. He had managed to pay down his house. And he had accumulated these assets in his pre-tax 401k account. We called it $1.5 million. And then he decided, hey, I am ready to retire. Now, let me introduce that there's a slight problem. All of the money that Bob has saved is in a pre-tax or tax-deferred account. Why does that become a problem? Because every time Bob wants to take a distribution, he is going to create more taxable income. So that distribution has to be bigger than the expense that it's going to cover. Well, why does it have to be bigger than the expense it has to cover? Because it has to cover two expenses. It has to cover what Bob plans on purchasing, as well as the tax consequence for initiating that distribution. And that sometimes can be a little bit deceiving because imagine you look at your balance sheet and you see 1.5 million or 2 million or even maybe more saved in a 401k. You're thinking, hey, I've, I've saved that much money, but Uncle Sam has a claim on that money because all that money has been tax deferred. Now, if you can predict what your expenses are going to be pretty succinctly and, and you know exactly how much you need to distribute each month, I would say 
maybe that doesn't present a problem. Maybe you're going to distribute $5,000 every month. You're going to pay taxes and you're going to net out whatever the remainder is and you're good to go. But what we brought up with Bob is, hey, Bob had two daughters and maybe those daughters had some weddings and those were going to be larger expenses. Bob's car broke. So that was going to be expensive, buying a new car. And Bob promised his wife, Sally, that he was going to take her on an Alaskan cruise. And that, again, was another bigger expense. So what happens when you have all your money in these pre-tax accounts is when you want to take an extraordinary expense, maybe something that is not in your typical cash flow, like living expenses, think housing and food and things of that nature, but you want to do a special vacation or a large purchase, it's very difficult to do that with a pre-tax account. Because the large amount that you have to take out, one, is taxable. Also, if you're taking out a larger amount than normal, it could put you in a new marginal tax bracket. Now, one could argue that you could avoid that by financing some of those things with debt, like a car loan or maybe using a home equity line of credit, and you could kind of stretch that expense out. But there is another way to solve for this problem is that if you haven't retired yet, is to begin saving in accounts that aren't only tax-deferred accounts. The title in, in the article that we gave this, that the portion of the article, we called it the big three, that you would accumulate assets in these three different types of accounts. One would be a tax-deferred account, as we referenced that Bob already had. The other would be a taxable account. And then the third would be a tax-free account. Now, this part is going to depend on your particular situation is why you should sit down with your advisor and kind of line up what, what is best for you and kind of your strategy for your customized financial plan. But let's look at those three different type of accounts and look at the benefits that they could offer you. Well, as we talked about, Bob had that tax deferred account. The tax deferred account was great, the traditional 401k. When he was making contributions into it, he was probably in his peak earning years. So he was able to reduce his taxable income. Because, as I said, those contributions were deductible, and that was favorable for him. But, like we said, the downside is that when he got to retirement, that he would have to pay the piper on all those distributions when they came out because Uncle Sam had a claim on that money. Let's look at the other type of account. This is one a lot of people aren't saving into. What about your typical just taxable brokerage account? Perhaps you have a trust set up or it would be owned in joint name with your spouse, but these accounts are great. You can accumulate money in this account. If you are accumulating gains inside the positions that you own and those gains are not realized, meaning you're not selling them, those taxes do continue to get deferred. You only pay taxes on the realized gains. So there's a benefit there. The other benefit is that the tax code is favorable when you make those sales. If you've owned those positions for longer than a year, you're getting favorable long-term capital gains treatment. Also, if you're getting qualified dividends, those are treated favorably. So that is another option of the type of account that you could build. Inside that type of account, you could also own things like municipal bonds. Depending on the type of municipal bonds you own, those could be tax-free. The third account that we talked about would be opening something which would be like a tax-free account. That would look like something like a Roth IRA or perhaps even an HSA. The great thing about those accounts is you're building them up with money that has already been taxed. But here's the great thing. The money accumulates tax-free. And in the future, you're able to distribute money from those accounts tax-free. Now, again, all of these type of accounts have nuances and reasoning for why you would want to contribute or not contribute and kind of how you build that. And that's why you'll customize it with your advisor. But let's play out this hypothetical situation with Bob in a little bit of a different scenario. Let's say Bob had money in all three of those accounts. Let's say he had a tax-deferred account, a taxable account, and a tax-free account. Now, when he has these expenses, 
a wedding, a new vehicle, a vacation, he can make a decision. What account is the most tax efficient to cover this expense with? In our first example, Bob only had one option. He would have to take a distribution, create taxable income, and there wasn't really anywhere else he could fund that expense from. But now he could fund it from a taxable account if he wanted to sell something and perhaps have a long-term capital gains and it made sense for his tax situation. Or maybe he's going to be in a higher tax year than normal, so maybe he'd want to fund that with distributions from a Roth IRA that could be tax-free. Maybe he owns some municipal bonds that are creating tax-free income that would cover that expense. The whole idea is that Bob now has optionality, that he can look at all three resources and make a decision on how he could use one, the other, or a mix of the three to give himself the best outcome. Now, this can be difficult to do if you're already retired because you're already taking those fixed distributions. But for those of us that have not retired yet, um, this should be a good reminder to say, hey, maybe we should slow down, take a look on the type of accounts that we can uh, invest in, and make sure that we pick the best resource. There's always things to keep in mind. For example, some of those tax-deferred accounts, like 401k plans, perhaps your employer is matching into those, so you don't want to give up opportunities for free money. But if you plan ahead, it will give you good direction, an idea on how you'd want to invest in, like I said, taxable accounts, tax-deferred accounts, and even tax-free accounts. And that's where I was kind of bringing it into that sports analogy, is that sometimes you're focused so much on retirement that you come up with a solution of saving, but you forget these other parts that are really important, like catching the ball before you head to the end zone. So that's this week's article on Tom. So keep your eye on the ball. Start to build a portfolio that is what we would call tax-diversified and help yourself get prepared for retirement and give yourself the optionality on how you take those distributions and making the most favorable outcome for you. That's all we have for you this week on Thoughts on Money. We hope that you could subscribe to the podcast as well as give us a good rating and some comments. We would appreciate that so. And we will be back next week to talk about the next week's article. And thank you for joining us. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team at Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.